Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. And join me tonight, we just have one of the co-hosts. It's Dalton Bishop. Hey. How's it going, Dalton? Uh, not much, Spence. Just chilling. How are you doing? Uh, I'm just fine. Just ready to talk sports again for oh, however long we decide to go tonight. It's always a good time. Always the right time. Anyway, today we're going to start with uh, news that broke a couple days ago for baseball. They had the annual Hall of Fame vote. And for the first time since 2013, nobody was elected to the Hall of Fame. It's not really a surprise for people that follow how the Hall of Fame voting has gone in the past. I mean, obviously there's some notable omissions, such as Kurt Schilling, who many people think is because of his being very conservative, leading politically, that and some of his views have cost him his Hall of Fame status. Then, of course, there's Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, who, of course, have uh, steroids, PD usage, that hold them back. So, not really a surprise, given how the committee has in the past voted for these guys. Obviously, it's sad that we're not going to see anyone inducted into Cooperstown this year. Dolan, do you have any takeaways from... Nobody reaching the 75% threshold to be in the Hall of Fame this year. I was very surprised at first just because usually we have – what was the last time since, like, 2013? 2013, yeah. Yeah, 2013 we didn't get people in. Very surprised. Usually it's, like, an every-year thing, which, you know, at least somebody's getting into the Hall of Fame. But, yeah, stuff happens. I get it. Yeah, of course, next week we'll find out who makes the NFL Hall of Fame. And, of course, there's a few shoe-ins on that end with uh, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson probably will get in, and some other guys obviously will get in. So we'll see. We'll update you on that when we find out who's going into the NFL Hall of Fame. But baseball, once again, no Hall of Famers. Of course, next year, though, there's notable guys like A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, who he does have some PED usage on his resume, but I feel like, him is going to be a little different than Barry Bonds. I think he will get in first ballot. We'll see what happens. And then, of course, David Ortiz, a.k.a. Big Poppy, with what he meant to the city of Boston, and he won a few World Series, including MVP, one year. I think he'll be in next year. I mean, Don, any takeaways from, like, next year's class with A-Rod and Ortiz? Oh, there's probably they, – yeah, people, yeah, they're definitely going to get in. There's there's no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, it should be a long list of first ballots. Or should have been first ballots if they were first ballots. So, and yeah. other baseball related news: JT Ramuto was one of the big names still out there with free agency. Of course, as of now, Trevor Bauer is at the sign. So, baseball again. If you're not aware, their free agency moves very slowly. So, who knows when they will be deciding who goes to the hall of, or where they sign. But Ramudo has re-upped his deal with Philadelphia, and he's going back to the Phillies. Of course, resuming his teammate with uh, Bryce Harper. So, I don't know. Last year was a shortened season. He finished 266, batting average, 11 home runs, 32 RBIs. So, I mean, he has been pretty impressive in his career. He's two-time All-Star, All-MLB first team in 2019. He was second team this previous year, and he plays catcher, with the, which is a position where you don't really see a lot of, like, big bats normally, and he's one of the few really good ones. So, glad to see him going back to Philadelphia, I guess, to I mean, hopefully bring City as championship if you're a Phillies fan. Don, any other thoughts on that? No, I completely agree with you, Spence. 
Mm. And um, other in NBA related news, we are officially at the. Uh, I don't know if official is the right word to use, but a quarter of the season has happened for most teams, unless you're the Wizards and maybe a few other teams who have been hit with COVID injury or not injury, but COVID suspensions. Um, All Star voting does open up. I think tomorrow, if you're interested, you can go vote for who you think should be an all-star this year in the ML, in NBA, excuse me. And we were texting a little bit back and forth, though. The number one team in the Western Conference right now is the Utah Jazz. And the number one team in the East is the 76ers, which I'm not I'm not going to be saying I'm stunned with how this is because, I mean, it's a unique year. But Utah, I mean, they're a good team. They got Donovan Mitchell, Gobert. I didn't think they'd be – and, of course, it's only a half game right now. They're 14-4. and four. Lakers have played one additional game. They're 14-5. and five. So, take that how you want. But, I mean, are any surprises stick out to you with the NBA standings right now? Um, Utah Jazz in first is very surprising. Um, I knew that they were a good team, but I didn't realize they were that good. Um. Indiana sitting at the three spot, and um, Cleveland at nine and nine is very surprising. And the fact that <laughs> do you remember when we were talking about how Orlando Magic had their very hot start at the very beginning of the year? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> they were. Yeah, one right now they're sitting outside of the freaking top eight. So the Knicks, they're eight and eleven right now, and they're the eighth seed if the season ends today. <laughs> Yeah, man, what a year, right? Yeah. Uh, and in terms of the West, uh, nothing really. I mean, San Antonio seems like a seems like a surprise at first because Dallas Dallas ain't in it. Um, Houston's out of it, and Phoenix. We all thought Phoenix was going to be going to be really good, and they're they're five hundred right now out of it because. Uh, Memphis has got that eighth spot. So, I mean, but, yeah, that's pretty much all of it. Uh, man, what a difference fans make, you know, because uh, there's no fans now, and it's just – or if there are fans, it's very little. And all these teams – and you notice how, like, the teams who are having better seasons than the other ones, they're it's more chemistry-based. Um, like Utah, I guarantee you that chemistry is – is about is about a hundred, um, and like Indiana, despite making a trade, they're they're doing pretty good so far. Demonis Sabonis is having the year of his life, and it seems like Doc Rivers is doing a good job with Philly. So, yeah, again, something to watch out because we still got like, a lot of basketball left to be played. I mean, it's not a lot like a normal year, but there's still a lot can change. So, I mean, not, like you said. Big Cleveland being a six right now, they made some trades. They could be making other trades. We'll see what happens. The only big trade we've had so far is the Harden going from Houston to Brooklyn. And it's worked out okay so far. We'll see. Also, speaking of that trade, Karis LeBert was included in the trade to Indiana. But, of course, they while doing the uh, physical, because you got past this, because you know all trades pending physical, they realized that he has some kidney issues. And I think it was cancerous, possibly. And it's crazy that he only caught that because he was doing a physical because he was getting traded. Because imagine he wasn't traded if they would have even caught this at all, which they have caught it. Uh, Karis Levert did have successful surgery, so I wish him the best in his recovery because 
he's a very talented player who he has battled a lot of injuries throughout his career, dating back to his time in college. So nothing but the best for everyone, obviously, especially Karis, who we I hope mean, play again, but we don't know when his return will be. So I mean, don't anything about Karis Levert. Yeah, no. Hopes for a speedy recovery. Uh, Karis Levert's a dog. I'm a big fan of him, and um, yeah, I hope he gets healthy. Yeah. Um, on to some news regarding college football. Last week or so, Tennessee kind of—I mean, a move that everyone was—if you're a Tennessee fan, you're happy they made. But it came out of like a weird time in the coaching cycle, I guess you would say. Pruitt was fired because of reportedly impermissible benefits from his time with there. Oh, apparently Pruitt's now the corner uh, of the PS since he's the DC for the New York Giants. I don't know. If that's an accurate statement or not, that's what Wikipedia has him listed as. So who knows if that is true? But they have gone and hired Josh Hupel from UCF, and he he's been pretty good there with the uh, Central Florida Knights. You know, he inherited a team that was undefeated, and he went undefeated in his first year there, inheriting that from Scott Frost. Uh, he's, I mean, look at, you look at his record, he has technically regressed because he was 12 and 1 his first year, lost the bowl game 10 and 3. Then last year, in a weird year, 6 and 4, lost the Boca Raton Bowl. But okay, this C East is not the strongest of the two, but Tennessee it seems like it's a very unwinnable place given recent history there. And I mean, I think it, for him, it's a good like step up, and he's a good coach. But I just don't know if I can see it working out as well as he kind of hopes it goes. I think UCF probably had a lot more chance of success than Tennessee does. But, I mean, it's a good move for him. And I think Tennessee is a good hire. I just don't think it's going to work out because I think Tennessee, the expectations there are going to be a little too high. And they, he won't reach it. That's just my takeaway on it now. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But, Dawn, what do you think of Josh Hupel going to Tennessee? Um... I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like – I mean, does he seem like a good coach? I mean, I don't know what his, what his past experience. It's just – it seem to me like Tennessee always has – always makes these moves, and they don't ever seem to work out. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to think. What do you think, Spence? Well, like I said, I mean, Hewitt's a – or Hupel's a good coach. I just don't think – it's going to work out because I think Tennessee is just doesn't have the the players to compete with the rest of the SEC. I mean, the SEC is a very, very tough conference. I'll give you that. seems to me like – I mean, like I said before, you know, like Tennessee is just one of those – like they haven't been good in a while, and they try – they're, they're basically playing catch-up. Like they – it's been year after year, and it seems like, you know, one of these years Tennessee is going to be able to compete again. Ah, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think this year is the year. I really don't. Interesting note with Josh Hupel. He was the runner-up for the Heisman Trophy in two thousand. Interesting note from his career. It was a crazy year. I need to pull up who won that year because I, I remember seeing that a few days ago. He was like crazy how like everyone else was like good in the NFL except for him. Actually, no, I did back. 2000 was Chris Weineke from Florida State. So, but yeah, 
And he won a national championship with Oklahoma as their quarterback in the game they won thirteen to two. Interesting. And he played in NFL for a couple years, not much success. I think it was practice squad guys. Um, on to uh, kind of a flip from our regular. We haven't really talked much WNBA. I think we may have covered it during the uh, the wobble as they dubbed it there in their playoffs. But uh, Candace Sparks. Uh, or Candace Parker, excuse me, is making an interesting move. She's been one of the best players in the WNBA uh, in their, like, short existence they've had. But Candace Parker is now leaving the Los Angeles Sparks to go to her hometown. Well, since she was from St. Louis, but she, I guess, was raised in Chicago. The uh, hometown team for her, Chicago Sky. And uh, after spending 12 years in Los Angeles, she was a champion in 2016 Finals MVP. She's been two-time league MVP. I mean, she's right now 34, which I'm not exactly sure how, like, WNBA players do in, like, that stage of their career. But it's an interesting move. But I thought it was something to note because, you know, I kind of remember Candace Parker from her days when she was at Tennessee. I mean, I was, like, young, just kind of growing up watching basketball, kind of getting into it. I can't remember the name because I was in Pat Summit in Tennessee world uh, college basketball for women's side at the time. So, I mean, Dawn, do you have any takeaways from – her leaving Los Angeles to go to Chicago. I mean, it gets to a point in a player's career where they just want to go back home. And I think this is one of those instances. Um, I mean, you can't falter for doing so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely like it. I like it. Yeah. Grow, grow, grow the game and maybe she can bring Chicago a championship because – yeah. Chicago has never won a WNBA title. They went to the conference finals. They won a conference title in 2014. So we'll see how that move works out for Candace Parker. Wish her obviously the best. And uh, also briefly want to touch on the NHL had a interesting move yesterday. Pittsburgh Penguins GM Jim Rutherford citing personal concern, personal uh, reasons. He has resigned as the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't really have much to say on that because I don't follow Pittsburgh that closely and I don't follow hockey as closely. I have an opinion one way or another. Obviously, I wish him the best if that is, if it's personal and that hopefully whatever it is, he can, I don't know, we'll say overcomes. I, I, I don't know any details with this, but hopefully Pittsburgh can make a good GM hire for that city. And Dalton, do you have anything you want to add? Cause I really have nothing else on that. I do not. Okay, well, that's going to take us to our ad break. We have a – in the NFL, we have a couple interesting players that have requested trades. We have some retirement information and some coach hiring. Every team now is a head coach, so just stick around. Welcome back from the ad break. And in the NFL, we're going to start with a not really surprising information, but – I mean, a little sad, but – the Lions have come to mutual understanding with Matthew Stafford that he will be traded uh, to the team. We don't know yet, but that now brings us to two quarterbacks that have been – well, I'm going to say two have confirmed, I guess. is the I don't know if that's the right word to use. But we're going to have at least two quarterbacks on a different team next year. Matthew Stafford's one of them. We're going to presume Deshaun Watson ends up getting traded. He has officially requested a trade that was official. He apparently did a couple weeks ago when it was reported. He's now reiterated that he wants out. We'll get a little bit more on the situation later. But 
Lions were to trade Stafford. Stafford's had a really good career in terms of numbers. I think part of it is due to inflated numbers from the Lions usually trailing in the fourth quarter and Stafford forced to pass more often than others. And that's why his passing yards are a little bit inflated. I mean, he's still – you can't just keep throwing the ball and get the yards. you got to obviously complete the passes. It helped that he had Calvin Johnson for part of his career. And it'll be interesting to see. I think he's still got stuff to prove in the NFL. I think he's got – because we see quarterbacks now playing into their 40s. And Stafford, he's only 32 years old. I'm not going to say he's going to play for 10 more years, but he can make some team happy for about three to five years probably. So where that team is, we don't know yet. We will update you when that happens. But if I'm the quarterback needy team and the price for Watson ends up being too hefty, I don't think Stafford – I mean, maybe a first-round pick, maybe a couple picks. But it's not going to be the hefty price of Stafford. So who knows where he goes, Don? Do you have any takeaways on uh, Matthew Stafford? Uh, I think he's solid, man. Um, he's been to the playoffs three times, which is a, is pretty good considering the Lions' dysfunction. Um, I mean, dude, he's a solid quarterback. So, I mean, like you said, if Watson's if Watson's price tag is too much, uh, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford could be good. I mean, he's solid. He's nice. Uh, he's, he's a good quarterback. Yeah. So we'll we'll keep you posted on if he goes anywhere. Uh, in news that was announced Sunday, uh, NFL tight end Greg Olson announced on Fox's pregame show that he is going to retire from the NFL. He's going to join Fox as an analyst. Uh, wishing the best in retirement, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he has to say because it's always nice seeing these former players. Of course, we remember having Jason Wynn, who he also just retired too. A lot of people didn't really like him on Monday Night Football, and that's from the tight end position. But when you see quarterbacks like uh, Tony Romo, he's been he's been a really good analyst. Troy Aikman's been doing it for years. So Greg Olson, who knows where he's going to? I mean, he's going to work for Fox as part of one of their broadcast teams. So I'm going to look before looking forward to hearing what's his hearing his analysis on the football field and. It was kind of weird seeing him play for Seattle for the one year. Uh, I've always known him from the Carolina days, even though he was originally in Chicago. I mean, we all grew up seeing him in Carolina with Cam Newton, and that duo was really good for his career. So, Dawn, anything about Greg Olson's career? What are you looking forward to him on the broadcast booth for? Just whatever you have to say. Um, I mean, I'm um, looking for. I mean, I'm looking to for have a, a good for him to have a good, uh, broadcast guessing career. Good, uh, broadcast guessing career. Uh, I mean, he was a good player. Uh, tell you, I mean, he was a good player. Um, tell you, um, I mean, I don't really have anything else to ask. Man. I mean, I don't really have anything else to ask, man. Yeah. I, I'm not again. I don't know this for a fact, but Greg Olson might be the first broadcaster to have a verse on a rap album. It's a very explicit song from his days with the uh, Miami. I only know from the watching the U part two, but he was on a rap verse in a Miami football rap video back in the day. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you remember that from the U part two. From it's been a minute since I've watched that. It's been a minute since I've watched that. It has. Been, it's a good documentary. The uh, 
the rap, if you want to look it up, that's on you. We're not going to recommend or not recommend, but it's very explicit. So just be warned on that. I believe Aikman said he was in a country album or he did a country song or something. So it may not be the other only musician in there. So I've heard Aikman on a podcast recently say that. Uh, Jason Witten retiring again. It was, he was retired briefly and was on Monday Night Football, as I said. And then he decided to come out of retirement. And again, he played the one year in Vegas, which was really weird to see. And I don't remember much of what he even did last year. But he was, of course, with Dallas for all those years. 11-time Pro Bowler for him. So, of course, nothing but the best. And uh, who knows he was going back in the broadcast booth for ESPN. Because I know a lot of people would be very disappointed if that was the case. But, Don, you have anything to say about uh, Jason Witten? He had a very good career. He had a very good career. Um, I know he played for the Raiders. Um, I know he played for the Raiders. The Cowboys. The Cowboys. The only thing that I remember pretty much. And he's going to be good. I mean, he's going to be a good broadcaster as well. If he goes back at that. But, yeah, he's announced that he will sign a one-day contract with the Cowboys when free agency opens. And then, um, also, I don't know if you saw this story, Dawn, but uh, just, again, fair warning for the uh, listeners out there. This next uh, segment is going to be very detailed. It's uh could be troublesome for some to listen to. So, if you need to skip forward a few minutes, we completely understand with that and respect you. But, Don, did you just by any chance catch the uh, situation with Seattle and Chad? Yeah, Miller? I did. Actually, yeah, uh, I did. Actually, uh, makes my stomach turn. Makes my stomach gross. turn. Yeah, no, gross. It, it's, it's very gruesome. If you haven't heard, he's been arrested now on three charges of domestic violence. Reportedly, he was uh, choking and beating his girlfriend. She was unconscious. There's, according to messages from, I believe, her or a friend of hers, uh, she like was a she wasn't dead, and the Chad apparently was shocked that this girl was still alive. Which I guess mean, he deserves to be going to prison. The sad reality is he's a backup tackle, and because he's not a star, no one really talks. It's not gonna be talked about as much at nauseum. But this dude deserves. I mean, if he, if he's guilty, which it appears he is, given from pictures that were released. He's going to prison. He probably won't get out anytime soon. But it, it's very disturbing details. And according to Wikipedia, which is what I'm using, he had an incident when he was at USC with um, this violence incident. And so he's apparently he has a track record. And I, he's a free agent to be. So Seattle's like, he's uh, again, we saw the reports, we know what happened. It's also he's no longer employed by the team. He's not going to be re-signed by us. So a good for Seattle, I guess. But I mean, he, he's not that good of a player, and that's the unfortunate part of that. And you, do you have any comments you want to say about that? Uh, like the whole uh, thing. His like the history? whole thing. Yeah, I mean, his he, he, history. Any part you want? Um. Um. I think really it just comes down to really it just comes down to people using their brains, people using their uh, brains. Uh, you know, he had an incident. So, you know, he had an and, incident. Uh, so, and actually, uh, I heard actually, the people on, I heard the people it, on Skip and Shannon. 
Skip and uh, Shannon. Yeah. Oh, undisputed. And they yeah. were talking about the yeah. whole issue. And they were talking right? about the whole issue. Right? And they said that he was and they taking said that meds. He was taking after meds. that incident. After, after that college incident happened in college. And then he stopped taking. And then he stopped meds. taking it in his meds. I don't know. Not it's just know. it's just a whole thing. It's just it's just, just a whole thing that he just I I I feel bad I, for I, the girl I, because I feel bad for the girl. This should have been out like this should have been the out, day like, of or the, the day, day of or the day after, the, day after the incident happened. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um if you skip ahead we're back on our regular portion of the show in some uh Kind of uplifting news, but also surprising news. Take take it how you want here. The Houston Texans have concluded the NFL's coaching carousel this year, and they decide to go with a name that I'll be honest. When I saw that, I was like, "Who?" I didn't really know much about. His name is David Coley. He was previously with the Baltimore Ravens as their assistant head coach, wide receivers coach, and passing in coordinator. So he had three job titles there. And some people look at it and be like, what passing game do they have? Because they were Baltimore's more of a run heavy team. That being said, I mean the passing game Lamar has been pretty good for them. Uh who's asked the box hire? So Houston, obviously he stuck on interviews and whatnot. He's sixty five years old. And I'm not saying that we should only go hire young guys. I think young guys also tends to be a problem. But it's just interesting. He's 65 and he's finally getting his chance to be a head coach. I wish him the best. I hope he does succeed. His previous stops, he was with Andy Reid in uh, Philadelphia and Kansas City. He was also in Buffalo when I believe that was the rookie year from Josh Allen. So he's worked with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson to a to an extent there. We'll see how he does in Houston, but Deshaun Watson was reportedly, he was like, I'm not coming back regardless of who you hire. They hired Cole, and he's just still like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm, I want out of here. And it's nothing. It's not a thing against Coley. It's nothing against Casario. Which is, I think, ownership is the reason Deshaun wants out of Houston the most. And it's unfortunate that the two sides can't reconcile because I feel like Watts is not giving him a fair chance to like sit down and talk about stuff that it's Watson's career and if he thinks the best decision for him is to get out then so be it for him but I don't know Dalton how stunned were you when uh, you saw that it was David Coley and not like a Leslie Frazier or he, they didn't want to hold off and wait for Vietnamese because I know Vietnamese is a hot name around coaching circles um um I mean, I don't know. As soon I mean, as I, don't know. I saw that he was soon hired, as I saw that he was hired. I knew immediately that Watson was gone. Knew immediately that Watson was no gone. way he stays. There's no I mean, way he stays. I had a sneaky suspicion I mean, he was going to leave anyway. I had a sneaky suspicion that he was going to leave anyway. Because they promised because him that he was going to be in the loop. Promised him that he was going to be in the loop for GM, GM hiring or whatever. The GM hiring or whatever. And then they don't and then include they him. Don't include It's kind of weird. Um. Uh, but I mean, David's resume. But I mean, is David's resume huge. is. I mean, he's huge. Technically, he's technically I mean, he worked with Andrew. Andrew Ray. I mean, he worked Andy with Andrew. Andrew, 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 Andrew,
but, it's a little bit um, late for him to get a. It's a little bit late for coaching him to get a for the first time. Head coaching job for the first time. I don't know. He's been he's been in the NFL. I don't know. He's been he's been in the NFL seasons. for almost. And he's just now getting a head coach. And he's just now getting a head coach. Kind of sounds kind of um, sus. Um, but I mean, we'll see how this higher. I mean, we'll see how this higher. This goes. This higher. How goes? Yeah. The question is, how long is he going to coach? And they had the oldest coach. I mean, albeit on an interim basis, Romeo Cornell. So how long is uh, Coley going to stay there? It, it's a good question, and we'll find out obviously in the next few years. In other late news, uh, former NFL head coach Anthony Lynn recently fired from the Los Angeles Chargers. He has got another job. He's going to be the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, who, like we said earlier, Stafford's going to want out. They Two sides have mutually come to that. Dan Campbell, the ownership, GM, whatever. So Anthony Lynn's going to be the OC there, and Dan Campbell's got an offensive background. So they're going to be tasked with whoever this new uh, – quarterback is in Detroit through the draft, through agency. Maybe they, maybe they swap Stafford for another quarterback. Who knows what the deal is going to be there. But I think it's a good hire. I mean, Lynn was pretty good offense. I think his issue was like special teams was an issue. And frankly, injuries have held him back. But he also was not very good with clock management towards the end. But I mean, he, like, he helped – Justin Herbert looked really good last year, and Herbert might win Rookie of the Year this year. And so, I I hope the best for Lynn, and maybe if he can uh, revitalize this Detroit offense, maybe he'll be back in a head coaching position in a year or two, maybe even a few years on the line after that. But Don, what's your what do you make of the uh, Anthony Lynn to Detroit as the OC? It could be a good, a good move. It could be a good, on good move. Who Detroit on has as their quarterback? Who Detroit has as their quarterback? All that sort of thing. All that sort of thing. I remember Anthony. Uh, I remember Anthony, 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 uh, Anthony, Anthony, Anthony as the Bills OC. And that went okay. That went okay. Uh, but again, uh, there's but different players. There's different systems. So on, so forth. So on, so forth. So on, so forth. I mean, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. On to uh, our weekly game recap here from the NFL. And last week, of course, conference championship games. And we had some game. I mean, they were all right. Like, one was an instant classic. They got It got good late. The other one was not really close at all. We'll start with the uh, first game. And, uh, of course, if, if you're on right now, if you're a regular listener, you know that Dahl and I are – Two regular list co-hosts, Christian and Casey, are both Green Bay Packers fans, and noticeably they're absent tonight. I don't know if they're. I mean, I think this is because they're busy. And all honesty, this week they're busy. But it is interesting that the week the Packers lose in the playoffs, they're not on to tell us what went wrong there. So Dawn and I now have free reign to just go all in on that game. The Packers, the Buccaneers, Buccaneers are about to an early lead in the game. They held off in the fourth quarter from a late comeback effort from Aaron Rodgers and company. But for me, the game, I'm not going to say it was over because it obviously wasn't over. But towards the end of the first half for me, when Green Bay has the ball and they're down 14-10, it's like, okay, maybe they can uh, double up here or something. 
No, they ended up going. They didn't turn the ball over. I don't know if it was a punt or an interception was thrown. I can't remember. But and then Tampa Bay has the ball, and you know looks like they're going to punt the ball soon. Then they're like, no timeout. Send the team back on. They end up getting. They end up going completion or something. And then you have Tom Brady finding five foot nine Scotty Miller in the end zone. Who he he's fast. I mean that's part of having got open because he's fast, and beating six three Kevin King on that play. That to me when it was twenty one ten, I was like, okay, I, I Green Bay has now lost the game. It's gonna be take a, take a lot for them to come back, and they almost did. You know, Brady threw three interceptions in the second half, and then Green Bay only got six points off those interceptions. He's up for two on the touchdown, didn't he get it? I don't know what happened there with Lafleur. It was two coaches who, it seemed in the second half, were trying to throw the game. I think Bruce Aarons tried to get a little ahead of himself. Lafleur did, and I mean, it was ridiculous that second half that Tampa Bay's defense allowed Green Bay to get back in there. But then Green Bay, you, could, you had the ball three times, your defense helped you out, and you can only get six points off that. I don't know, Don. What what do you just say within this game? Um. <laughs> I, to, be I, to be honest with you, I stopped, I stopped watching, watching it after after, after, after what is it, is it, 28 to 17? It got 28 to 10 at one. I was in church. So, so I, 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 like, I, like I like stopped, stopped watching it. Or 28 to 23 is when I stopped. So I didn't so see, I didn't the, see entire the entire fourth quarter. But I but heard that like Fleur didn't go for it on fourth down. Which in, in that, that situation, situation you, have you have to go, to go for, for it. it. Why would, Why would you? you? There's two minutes left. I mean, I can see. I have had two minutes. I can see maybe going field goal if you rule with the points. But then you could get deep, Tom Brady, and at that point, I'm like they're never in the football back now. It's not going to happen. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Tom, Tom Brady, Brady gave, gave them three, three chances, chances to take, to take the, lead. the lead. He basically, he basically was given the game away. Spence, Spence, you're a Brady, yeah. Brady fan, fan, but you got to agree. Oh, no, it was a best. poor half from Brady. And, and so, so, and the thing, and the about, thing is, about it is, Green Bay didn't even, even bring capitalize. capitalize. <laughs> they only got like six, six points, points out of the turnovers. turnovers. Can you imagine, oh, imagine that? that? I will say, oh my oh, there was one play where Rodgers threw it to the end zone, and people were like, oh, he should have ran it. He would, I don't think he would have scored a touch on that play. I think he gets tackled like the two or three yard line if he tried to scramble there. I mean, we won't know for sure one way or another. It just that's what it appeared. <laughs> it's, it's 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 crazy, it's crazy because, because Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay was missing, missing their starting, starting two safeties, safeties. and Green, Green Bay, Bay refused to throw, to throw it over the top. The top. Oh no! It, okay, it was one of the two coaches trying to out coach each other, out coach themselves, and. I think Tampa Bay is lucky that they got the win. And you probably, if you're familiar with the NFL, you've heard this by now. Tampa Bay is the first team to ever host a Super Bowl. Their Super Bowl this year is in Tampa. No team has ever hosted the Super Bowl. The closest we've had in the past, we had the 49ers one year played at Stanford. The Rams, their first time in L.A., played at the Rose Bowl. That was before they ended up using it as a home venue when they relocated from St. Louis. So we've had like a, like a home city or home like inside like very close, but never the home stadium. Which 
Yeah, it's kind of being used at nauseum. We're not going to harp too much on it, but congratulations to Tom Brady. It's been, it's been. He's been in the NFC for one year, and he's going to the Super Bowl, whereas Rodgers has been there his whole career, one appearance. Breeze has been there not his whole career because he started in Los An- or San Diego with the Chargers, one appearance there. Russell Wilson, I'll give him credit. He's been at two Super Bowls, two NFC championships. So he currently has the edge over Brady in terms of NFC titles. For active NFC yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah. Hey, Spence, hey, I just, just, just want to say this. Say this. Also, uh, also um, this, is, this is crazy. Green Bay, Bay has had, had two, two straight, straight 13, 13 win seasons. seasons. And only have, have two NFC championships to show, to show for. for. I mean, I this, mean, this, this is, is the, the best offense in the league. league. You would think. I mean, they have the MVP of the league, which... There is a bit of a do, curse do with the MVP. Not a curse, but nobody has won the M- MVP and the Super Bowl in the same year, dating back to, I believe, the last one was Kurt Warner 99 to win the MVP and the Super Bowl in the same year. So. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, well, I mean, I that's, mean that's, you know what, you know happens? what happens? What? I mean, I mean, you know, you we're, know we're about, about to talk about, about the Patrick, the Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes in a minute. In a minute. And you and know what he's doing right now. But, but yeah, no, no Green, Bay, Green Bay is. I'm, I'm not, not surprised. surprised. I'm not, I'm not surprised. surprised. They did, they did it again, again in 2011. Way back in 2011. Because Eli, Eli Manning went in there and upset him. We'll have to see if how Green Bay bounces back. I think, I mean, some people are going to bring up Rogers' post game comments. I think it was just like him being like honest. It's like, look. We don't know the future. It is certainly unpredictable for everyone, but I feel like it's just like kind of like coach speak. How coach is like, yeah, we I'm not we don't know what's going to happen. Like Rogers, more than likely, will be a member of the Green Bay Packers come next season. I think next offseason is where it can get dicey, but that's just my opinion on that yeah, situation. Yeah. And probably, and probably next, next season, season, the Packers, Packers will have a 13 team record, record again. again. Probably the probably best off in the league. league. Make it to the playoffs. The playoffs. And yeah, the, and <laughs> they might host it again. but They might. They might. We'll, see. We'll, see. we'll see. The other game, the score will look closer than it actually was. But this game, like, okay, lost, Buffalo jumped out to early 9-0 lead. And then their kicker... Tyler Bass missed the extra point. I was like, okay, there's the turning point of this game. If you want to get, to, if you want to go that way, their kicker missed an extra point, and then Kansas City proceeds to score 21 straight. Bass did redeem himself in the half, but again, the second half, Kansas City's offense is just really good this year. And there's a reason they were 14 and two. The one loss, of course, being just the last game of the regular season when they rested half their starters. So it didn't really – they didn't take that because they already had everything locked up. They need it. But Josh Allen, to his credit, he's very young still. Um, and, again, Mahomes has only been in the league one year longer. And they had the same amount of starting. Like they started the same year. So Josh Allen is still – he's been very impressive. This was not one of his better games. That's not really his fault. Kansas City's – their defense is much more – Improve, I think. And it's going to be interesting to see between Kansas City and Tampa Bay. But back on this game, we, we, we all saw it coming last week. We Kansas City, that team is just far. I mean, Buffalo was a team that could compete with Kansas City. 
But we saw they couldn't really compete with Kansas City because Kansas City is just that much better. No disrespect to Buffalo. Buffalo's still a good team, but Kansas City is just that much better. Dawn, what was your uh, takeaway from the AFC title game this year? Um, um, it was getting, it was getting, it was getting it was like a little bit rough there. 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 Uh, was it? Was it like towards, towards, the, towards the end? end. Uh, uh, I guarantee you, Buffalo, Buffalo doesn't, doesn't, you know, you get, know get like can like like City get under get their under skin, their skin if they're if winning they're that game. Like, like, no, 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 Buffalo, no, Buffalo was, down, was down, and they couldn't, and they couldn't keep, their keep their composure. Uh, unfortunate. unfortunate. But you know, but you know, Mahomes, Mahomes came to do what he was going to do. do. He was going to have, have nine, eight, nine eight completions, completions over 300, over 300 yards, yards passing, passing and three touchdowns. touchdowns. He just he does, does what he does, does. But he does. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> And Tyree Hill went nine receptions for 172 yards, yards receiving. receiving. And then, and then Travis, Travis Kelsey also, also had 100, had 100 yards, yards receiving. receiving. They just have the best offense. offense. They have, they the, have best the best offense. offense. I, don't care I don't care statistically. statistically. Kansas, Kansas City, City offense, offense is, the best. is the best. They put they up put 38, 38 against the Buffalo, Buffalo defense, defense to, to grounded, grounded Lamar. Lamar? Is that, is, is that, that a safe word? Yeah, I mean, it held to 30 points total. Lamar did get I mean, injured I mean, in that game, though, for what it's worth. I mean, he couldn't get anything going. For what, it's, for what worth. it's worth. I mean, like, Lamar was in the red zone one time and do a pick six at the goal line, 101-yard return, so, in that game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Sean, you know, Sean McDermott, McDermott is no slouch. Just a defensive coordinator. Or defensive, defensive mind, mind, excuse, excuse, excuse me. Excuse me. So, so, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. And then, and uh, then uh, Kansas, Kansas City's, City's defense, defense, say what you say what want, you want but, but they're doing, they're doing just, just enough. enough. Uh, um, they, they hold they their hold opponent, opponent to, to 20, 20 points, points 25. 25. It was, that's, yeah, that's it. 30, 24. That's all, all they, need. they need. Yeah, yeah. One thing of note is, that's all, that's all, that's all the, home, the, the offense needs. One thing of note is, uh, Kansas City's starting left tackle, Eric Fisher, he uh, did tear his Achilles and will be out for the Super Bowl. That's a uh, yeah, huge blow. Was it, was it Fisher, Fisher or, or uh, uh, Mitchell, Mitchell Schwartz? Fisher was only towards Achilles. Mitchell Schwartz may have been injured too. I don't believe, but I'm not 100%. I don't know about you. I'll look this up. Uh, I got you, Yeah, bro. I just looked it up quickly. It says ex-Cal star Mitchell Schwartz, unlikely to be back for the Super Bowl. So, so okay, that's even more news. They're going to be missing two of their tackles. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be crazy, too, because, because it's going to be crazy, too, because Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is really, really, really into their, into their blitz packages. packages. Um, so um, it'll be interesting to see how Andy, Andy Reid offsets, offsets that. that. Yeah, we saw happen with uh, the Packers missing Bakhtiari, this their starting left tackle pro bowler, and end up, they ended up really killing them. So, yeah, that's yeah, true. That's true. And the thing and about the thing it, too, is they had Bakhtiari when they played the first time. Yeah, it didn't matter. Like back, like back to the and then they got, they got blown out 30 yeah. to 10. So, again, hopefully Fisher's back next season because he's been a really good tackle for the Chiefs. But uh, we're not going to do our predictions for this game quite yet because it's a week away. There's still a lot that can change. But uh, just a little bit I want to preview. Next week we will be giving you our game predictions, our score prediction, who we think will be Super Bowl MVP this year, 
And then I'm gonna look up these uh like the, you know those prop bets you have, doll, where they like, oh, what color is the Gatorade gonna be for the coach? What's gonna be the coin toss? You see all these like really weird bets for the Super Bowl. I I might look into that and see like there's one on how long the national anthem will be sung this year. Like this is the normal in a normal year. What's the weekend's first song? You know what I'm talking about? Those those prop bets they have, Dalton. Yeah, I think so. Always, yeah, yeah. Fun to see like what happens in the Super Bowl. Uh, also, our awards uh, predictions because the award show is that Saturday before the Super Bowl. So we'll look back on who we said preseason would win these awards versus who appears to be the most likely winner of those awards. So. Uh, yeah, this is a very short show compared to how we have been recently. And like again, not much has been going on outside of these conference championship games. Hopefully next week we can get a full house to discuss our thoughts on the upcoming Super Bowl because it should be a very good matchup. But uh Don, you have anything else you want to say? No, no, I was gonna say something, but I'll wait for Okay, so yeah, tune in next week because you will not want to miss next week's episode but as always you can subscribe follow us on wherever you get your podcasts uh if you have any feedback feel free to give us the feedback it helps us to grow our show and uh feel free to share this with friends family members uh acquaintances just retweet it share it on twitter i don't care just help us grow our product but this has been spencer brown and i'm Bishop. bishop